0: Calvary Christian Fellowship is a growing vibrant church located in the New York City borough of the Bronx. CCF is dedicated to presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ through dynamic preaching, well-balanced teaching and discipleship, and vibrant worship and praise. It is our intention to raise up qualified leaders and ministry teams who will effectively impact their generation for Christ. Visit our website at www.calvaryny.org. Now stay tuned for today's message.
1: I'm going to introduce a dear friend in ministry. Uh, Years ago, I had the opportunity to work with a ministry called Promise Keepers and other ministries which allowed us to get out of the four walls of the local church and unify the body of Christ for purposes that helped our city in many different areas. I remember back in 1996, we were able to work uh, and partner with ministries uh, to really fill up Shea Stadium. And uh, it was filled up with men and their sons. And we spoke uh, to their hearts uh, citywide and also nationwide speakers came and spoke into the hearts of father and sons. And then uh, we also had another event in Washington, D.C., where approximately 1.1 1. 1 to 1. 1.3 million men showed up just to pray for our nation. This was... One of the hardest things I've ever done in connection uh, with other churches and uh, all over the nation. It was a, a huge endeavor. But uh, right after these prayers, a lot of great initiatives happened, a lot of wonderful things happened um, in our city and in our nation. And we need to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And one of the men that have been there um, in unity events, uh, but also ministering uh, to our sports professionals, these are young, young men... Uh, predominantly, uh, but there's also a lot of young women out there who uh, love the Lord, but they're always doing something. They're always either in um, South Dakota or in Texas or in New York, but they're rarely at home, so they never or rarely get to church. So one of the things that uh, Pastor Willie does is he brings church to them. And during those, those years, he gave me the opportunity to serve together with them so basically what I did was I carried his Bible for him, <laughs> carried his water, whatever he wanted. It was, uh, it was an outstanding, amazing time in my life having met him and served with him. But you know, as a pastor, it's hard for me to do this all the time. And, and of course, he's so busy, it's hard to keep up with him. It's, he's going at 100 miles an hour and so many people that he's responsible for. I'll let him share his story with you. Uh, let's all stand a moment. He'll also introduce his lovely wife who's here today. Sister Nancy, so we will allow him to introduce his lovely wife. Let's all welcome the chaplain and Pastor Willie Alfonso. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Sit, sit. Praise God. Nice being in the Bronx. I'm a Brooklyn boy. (laughs) <laughs> I live in Staten Island, but uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, Bedford-Stuyvesant, Williamsburg. I'm here with my beautiful wife this morning, Nancy. We're married 44 years. Now, now I know when I said I'm married 44 years, the first thing that came to your mind was that brother, he looked too fine to be married 44 years. He was too young, too young. N- Nancy, would you stand for a second? My wife, Nancy. I know Nancy since I'm, I was 14 years old. I worked in her father's bodega because I was homeless. And we fell in love, and the rest is history. We have three beautiful daughters, 40 years old, 39. Then 15 years went by. We had another one, so she's 25. And we have two beautiful grandchildren. Amen. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Victor, I mean, your pastor and I, we go back. I love this man. You guys have no idea how blessed you are. I'm, I'm just saying. You know, I, I, I speak in a different church almost every week or every other weekend if I'm not doing chapel with the teams. And I get to see a, and meet a lot of pastors. And I'm going to tell you, you guys are blessed to have your pastor and his, and his beautiful wife and their family. And the leadership in this church, you guys are blessed. I want to read a verse before I start. I I always read this verse. I love this verse. It's a powerful verse. If you have your Bibles or your iPads or your iPhones, you know, uh, you go to Ezekiel 46.9. Ezekiel 46.9. It's really a powerful verse in God's Word. That's Ezekiel 46.9. And it reads like this. (coughs) It says, When the people of the land came before the Lord at the appointed feast, whomever entered by the north gate to worship is to go out the south gate, and whomever entered by the south gate is to go out the north gate. No one is to return to the gate by which he entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. Now, what does that mean? God is saying to us that this morning you got up, got yourself ready, you came to church, And you came in one way, right? God's desire is that you leave differently. It makes absolutely no sense to come to church to leave the same way you came in. You might as well have stayed home, man. Matter of fact, it's kind of dumb. It's kind of stupid. Now you say, man, stupid. Listen, I'm not the pastor here. I can say whatever I want because I'm going to leave. You know, so if you want to get ticked off, that's your problem. It's dumb to come to church and to hear God. When we come to church, we come to a time of feast. We come to a time of, to hear from God. We come to a time to be challenged by God. And we come in one way and God's desire is that we lead differently. Amen? That's God's desire. Now, let, let, me, let me ask you a question. A, any Yankee fans here? Any Yankee? A lot of Yankee fans. Any Mets fans? Everybody, reach, reach, reach out a hand. Let's pray, Lord God. Let's pray for those Mets fans. No, Mets Met are playing well. Ain't gonna beat us, but they're playing well. You no, know, twenty-seven diamond rings? You know? No, all right. I I I am privileged to serve as the chaplain to the New York Yankees for the last twenty-two years. And I also served as the chaplain to the Brooklyn Nets NBA team. And I served for five years as the chaplain to the New York Giants football team. And I I say that with a laughter because um, I'll be telling you a little bit where I come from. And to think that I'm doing what I'm doing is kind of off the hook. Kind of crazy. To think that God would take me out of what I came out of and do what I do now. It's a Jesus thing. Amen? I said, "It's the Jesus thing." Amen. I right. say, it "Like you mean it." Amen. 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 It's a Jesus thing. But you know, it, 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 this journey that I've been with the Lord for almost forty years—it's been a long, long journey. And I want to challenge you today in the journey that you're in, because when we give our life to the Lord, we start this journey. You know, I, I often hear these preachers on TV and in other places, and they say, "Come on to the Lord." everything's going to be all right. That's a lie. I, I hate to be the guy to pop your bubble. You, come on to the Lord, everything's going to be all right. That's a lie. That, that, everything is not going to be all right. But I'd rather go through what I'm going to go through with the Lord than by myself. Amen? So, so let's, let's, let's start with understanding that you come on to the Lord Everything is not going to be all right. This is the journey that we're on. And choices you make will determine where you go. This journey is all about choices. You can point your finger every which way you want except here and get nowhere. How do I know that? I did it. I blamed everyone except me and the bad choices I was making. I came to the Lord almost 40 years ago. And, you know, I had a, my parents, my father was a straight-up alcoholic. He used to beat the living daylights out of my mom. I remember at seven years old seeing my father push my mother out of our second-floor window. If you were to meet my mother today, from the palm of her hand to the top of her shoulder, she had over 1,500 stitches. He used to beat us with this iron spoon. He used to have this garrison belt with barbarians. He used to beat the living daylights out of us. And at an early age of 11, 11 and a half years old, after defending my mother from a beating from my father, they threw me in the streets. I lived homeless, eating out of garbage cans, living in abandoned buildings. I was a glue addict. I used to sniff glue. I used to sniff cabona. I used to start smoking some weed, started drinking the cheap wine, you know, Boone's Farm wine. You know, A couple of people laughed. That means they drank some Boone's Farm you know, apple or strawberry, right? You know, from there started doing LSD. From there started doing heroin. From there started doing cocaine and heroin. I would spend 18 years of my life on drugs and off drugs. On drugs, off drugs. I worked at my wife's father's store. He had a bodega in Brooklyn. And I lived in the basement. And my wife's family lived over the store, and that's how I met my wife. Make a very long story short, my wife and I wound up getting married, we wound up making a life for ourselves, but I had this habit on my back I couldn't get rid of. And I was this really angry guy, man. I was like a walking time bomb. And um, at the age of around 22, 23, I was working in a print shop. I never went to school. I was in my 20s, I couldn't read two words, because I never went to school. And I was working in this print shop, and one day they hired this guy. His name was Otto Lang, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white guy. You ever meet some of these Christians with that stupid smile? Always telling you that Jesus loves you? Well, that was Otto. He came in with that stupid smile, and the first thing he said to me was that Jesus loved me. And I said to him, where was your Jesus when I was living in abandoned buildings? Where was your Jesus when I was eating out of garbage cans. That Jesus stuff, that's for you white boys. That ain't for me. He would come every single morning with a verse and he would first tell me that Jesus loves me, then he would read this verse and I would tell him, yeah, that's good for you. I would take his Bible and I would glue his Bible because in a print shop, there's good glue. And if you glue something, it's not gonna open again. So I would glue his Bible, and he would go to the cutter, and he would cut the glue off his Bible. He passed away last year uh, at the age of 84 of cancer, but God sent that man to me. This crazy white dude decided, there were 60 employees, all black and Hispanics. He was a white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed German man. He decided to have a Bible study in our print shop. So I would go into the room a minute before Bible study, and I would light up two or three joints. And I would smoke the room up. I said, if this brother is going to talk about Jesus, we all getting high. And I would smoke the room up. And he would come in, try to hold his breath, and have a Bible study. This man really, truly loved the Lord. To make a long story short again, you know, my wife's about to leave me. I I just messed up royally. And he invited us to church. I went to church. And I sat all the way in the back. And I made this deal with God. You ever make a deal with God? See, God loves when we make a deal with him. Because he can handle anything we say. That's why he's God and we're not. So there's nothing you can say to God that he can't handle. And you know that before we get saved, <coughs> the way we talk to God ain't too cool. But he could handle that too. He could handle that too. I said all the way in the back, I said, okay, check this out. God, Jesus, whoever you are, if you are who you say you are, if you would get this habit off my back, nobody will serve you like me. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. I will become a straight-up hallelujah. You know, when I was a kid, they used to have these small Pentecostal churches. And, you know, they, they had the doors open as they worship. They'd be singing, Alabare, Alabare, Alabare ami Señor. Y'all remember that, right? We, we would take water balloons and throw them in there. Boom! And when they hit, boom, we say, hallelujah, and we run. Well, that day, I sat all the way in the back, and I became a hallelujah. So I said, Lord, if you would help me, nobody would serve you like me. I got up, I walked to the front, I gave my life to the Lord. I have never, ever taken drugs since. Never. Ever. (laughs) Amen? But here's the problem. See, people give this people give testimonies, you know, when people get excited, they say that's the power of God, hallelujah, glory a God, you know. And, but, but, but I very rarely hear about the struggle in walking with God. I very rarely hear that struggle. I don't know about you, but I've had some serious struggles, man. Amen. Some serious struggles. So that come on to Jesus, junk, everything's going to be all right. That don't fly with me. Because my life for 40 years of walking with the Lord hasn't been everything's going to be all right. You feel me? Here was my problem. I'm going to share with you this morning. I spent 26, 27 years of my life living in the streets, eating out of garbage cans, living in abandoned buildings, robbing people, taking drugs, and I trusted in me, what I could do. When I was growing up, there was a, for some of you who are older guys and ladies, uh, only the strong survive. That was the saying when we were growing up, only the strong survive. So now I come into this walk and give my life to Jesus, and the Bible tells me that now I got to stop trusting in me and start trusting in him. I couldn't deal with that. To tell you the truth, I wasn't down with that. I said, I'll get my fire extinguisher by giving my life to Jesus. You know, so if I die, no fire. I'll go to heaven. But to trust him? No. I've trusted me. And that's been my journey. That has been my hiccups. That has been my hurdles that have knocked me down time and time. After time, after time, after time. See, we come into this walk, and when we come into this walk, we come with this luggage. See, the luggage don't leave when you give your life to Jesus. I mean, I hate to be the guy to pop your bubble this morning, but pop. <laughs> I'm saying that, that you know, and, and, and a lot of it has to do with how you grew up who your parents were, who your uncles were, who your community were, what kind of religious background, you know, my parents went to Santeria. They went to Santeria, man. And to have the lady in my house with the cigar smoking, going in circles, that was the norm. Now I got to transfer this trusting in how I could do me, and now I got to transfer it into trusting the Lord and it was hard I came to the Lord I couldn't read two words my pastor wanted me to get baptized and I told him um, nah I ain't down with that he said why I said because I looked inside a room of the baptism class and the guy and the lady that were doing the class had this book that everybody had and they had to read and I'm 27 years old, I can't read, and I'm not chumping myself in front of people. I ain't doing that. So he got a retired teacher, Angelica Valentin, and she tutored me for three years. Every Tuesday and every Thursday. I would read See Sally Run. I want to tell you, it was humiliating. It was humiliating but I looked at it like I had this big tree in front of me and had this little axe that I was going to start chopping away and chopping away, and sooner or later, I was going to get through it. And then I remember reading this verse in Proverbs 3, and it changed my life. I'm telling you, it totally changed my life. I know that every single person in this room has a struggle. Maybe some of us have more than one. And if you're like me there are a lot. See there ain't no halo on my head. There ain't no wings on my back. You press the wrong button you meet a different Pastor Willie. Hit my new car on the way out. You meet a different Pastor Willie. I don't have this together Word pastor, reverend, chaplain, it don't help me none. It don't help me none. I was, I went to visit my daughter uh, a couple of months back and I was leaving her building and it's an underground garage so you have to come out. And you know, New York, you come out, half your cars on the sidewalk, half your cars on the street, nobody wants to give you a break. So this guy was walking by. And I guess he thought I was blocking him walking. So he walked by and he hit my car. Boom! And told me to move my you-know-what car. <laughs> 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 oh, pastor. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, God. I rolled my window down and said, yo, brother, let me ask you a question, man. He said, what? I said, you believe in God? He said, why you act?" Because if that's a dent on my car, you're going to meet God. Oh, I'm going to I'm- I'm tighten you up, man. Then I catch myself. See, the Bible tells us to work out our salvation. And you know, I'm an OG. I'm an old gangster. I'm OG, you know? And, and, and I still got some of that in me. And you smack my car, I'm not going to say, Oh, glory to God, praise the Lord, brother. You know, <laughs> now, I ain't going to say that. I ain't going to say that. You know, if you, if, if you, if you were expecting some, some pastor that's holy and he walks on the clouds, that ain't me. I love the Lord. But I'm working out my salvation. And so if you turn to your Bible to Proverbs 3, we'll start in verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See guys, don't lean on your own understanding. Your own understanding will limit you. Your understanding is nowhere close to God's understanding. See, if I had leaned on my own understanding, I wouldn't be the chaplain to New York Yankees. I wouldn't be the chaplain to the Brooklyn Nets. I wouldn't. We come into this journey with all this luggage, and we allow the luggage to control where we're going to go. And God says, no, don't lean on your own understanding, lean on my understanding. I will direct your path. See, God said that he he had something for you to do before you were born. He assigned it to you, put it in you. And maybe the reason why you're not there is because you're leaning on your own understanding and not God's understanding because your understanding and my understanding will limit us. It will limit us. Where in my wildest imagination did I think that a Puerto Rican boy to the from Brooklyn would be the chaplain to the Yankees? Brother, I could man, I couldn't have done that on my best day. On my best day, I couldn't put that together. I'm not that smart. I couldn't put that together on my best day. But God, God's understanding how God will use you. And don't let no one tell you that if you're some Puerto Rican from, from, from the Bronx or from Brooklyn, that you can't get in the way. That's a lie. There's no black man, no white man, no Hispanic man, no yellow man that could ever stop me from getting to where God wants me to get to. The only man that could stop me from getting to where I'm going is this man. I'm the only one that can bang that up. How do I know that? I banged it up. Ask my wife. I got banging it up down packed to an art. She'll tell you, oh, he'll tear it up, man. Oh, he'll bang it up. Victor, he'll bang it up. I know me. We need to say, God, I don't know what to do. I need you. I need you to show me the way I should go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Not to the left and not to the right. He will make your path straight. That's his desire. Your own understanding will limit you. It will limit you. My, my father used to say, it says, he who never, who never amount to anything who never amount to nothing God tells me something differently he says that I'm, that I'm special now I don't know about you but I'm a special brother man <laughs> oh I love me man I'm a special brother I gotta walk I got too much energy wrapped up in me you know? I don't know about you I can see my wife saying when he's gonna start walking uh, I don't know about you, but see me? I'm special, man. I'm a special dude. I shouldn't be where I am. I am married 44 years to my wife. Let me tell you something. I would have left me a long time ago. Yeah. I would have left me a long time ago, man. When we get to heaven, she's going to live in a mansion. God's going to put me in the projects. Go put me in the projects, man. Oh. I'll be in apartment 5F somewhere, 5G. You know, she'll be in a mansion. Because she put up with me. I wouldn't put up with me 44 years. I'm a very complicated dude, man. But I'm special. And I know I'm special. Only God could do what he does, man. And you're, you're just as special as I am. You just need to stop leaning on your own understanding. And hook up with the Lord, man. Real men love God. Real man, man. Loving the Lord don't make you no punk. It don't make you stuff. Check this out. Punk ain't in me. It ain't in me. It ain't in me, man. Like I said, press the wrong button. You'll find out punk ain't in me. Let somebody be sitting here and be checking out my bling and talk about you yeah, after the service. I'm going to take them on. Come on. I'm just saying, I'm trying to be as real with you as possible, man. I'm working this thing out just like you. And check this out, man. You're just as equally special. I won't take you. I'm just you're just as equally special as I am, if not more. God made you for something special that only you could do. Nobody else, man. Where in my wildest dream did I think that I'll be doing a Bible study with Mariano Rivera for 15 years, the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball. Every other week I'm in his house doing a Bible study. For you guys to, and ladies that follow basketball, the morning. the morning, one of the great forwards of basketball, played for Miami, came to New York, played for the Nets. I led him to the Lord. I became a spiritual father. And then he went back to Miami. When he went to the championship, he flew me and my wife to Miami, so we will be there the day he won the championship. That's crazy. He wrote a book in chapter 10. It's all about our friendship. That's crazy. Last year, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he flew my wife and I out, so we were there when he got inducted, and one of the first things he said, I want to thank Pastor Willie for being my spiritual father. Now, if, if it sounds like I'm bragging, I am. I am. I am. I'm bringing on to the Lord. Look what what the Lord has done. I ain't that smart. Come on, baby. I ain't that smart, man. Are you you agreeing with me, man? I'm not that smart. I'm just not. I want you to leave different when you leave here today. I want you to leave different. Here, let's let's read 7 and 8. 7 and 8 says... Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Man, that stuff is good, man. That's good, good stuff. Don't be wise in your own eyes, man. There ain't no such thing as as long-ranger Christians. You know, you come to the Lord and then you're on your own. You do this by yourself. You will fall. Let's, let's, Let's just get to it. You're going to fall. This is a good church with a good pastor, with good leaders. You need to be here on Wednesday for prayer meetings. You need to get involved in some kind of ministry. God says you have to stir up the gift that's in you. You have to fan the flame of the gift that's in you. How many of you guys like chocolate milk? I love chocolate milk, man. And if you're a New Yorker, we know that the chocolate in New York always will be Bosco. I love me some Bosco. I love Bosco so much, I named my dog Bosco. <laughs> I'm serious. I got a little schnauzer. His name is Bosco. Now, if you want a glass of chocolate milk, what do you do? You get first got to get a glass of what? Come on. You got to get a glass of what? And then you got to get some what? Some Bosco. Now you take the Bosco and you put it in, inside... The milk and you drink it, right? What do you do? You stir it up, right? Now you drink it, right? No. You got to look at the bottom, make sure you got it all, right? And that's what God is saying. Stir up the gift that's in you, man. Stir up all this gift that's in you. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. But you can't, you can't, you can't stir it up if you think that an hour, an hour and a half, or two hours a week coming to church on Sunday, that's going to get you to where God wants you to get to. It's not. It's just not. I'm just being real with you. It's not. You're leaning on your own understanding. You're being wise in your own eyes. And God cannot get out of you and use you the way he wants to use you. Look, I came to the Lord. I I came to the Lord. I couldn't read. My wife and I were teaching elementary Sunday school. I couldn't read, so my wife would read, and I would do all the puppet shows. I I was the clown, you know. But I was serving. But I was serving. Then I was ushering. Then junior high school, then high school, then prison ministry. All was involved in some kind of ministry because God was testing me. He says, to whom I could trust the little things, I'll trust the greater things. See, a lot a lot of people, a lot of people want to get to the mountaintop, but no one wants to start in the valley. You got junk in you that God gotta get out. There's junk in you that you grew up with. That some of our parents put in us, look, I'm I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Hispanic, I know it's sacred. You know, if mommy says it, abuelo says it, it's sacred. No, it's not. They taught us some things that's wrong. Let's just be honest, respectfully. It's wrong. It's wrong. It takes time to get this junk out of us. Moses left Egypt at 40 years. He was 40 years old went into the wilderness, wound up being a shepherd, and looked up at that mountain and said, I got to have this talk with God. Guess how old he was when he spoke with God? He was 80. You know why? Because it took 40 years to get that junk of Egypt in him. It took 40 years to get it out of him. Then God used him. He didn't go up to see God right away. God dealt with him for 40 years because he knew Took forty years to get that junk of Egypt in him. So that's a testing time that God will test us. Don't be wise in your own eyes. I used to always have a mentor that would help me when I was struggling, because I was always struggling, always struggling. I still struggle. I got some men in my life that I call when I'm str- I still struggle, because I know you rub me wrong, and the OG comes out. Pastor word, don't help me. Chaplain word, they don't help me none. I got to call guys like Victor. Yo, Victor, you got a minute? Can we have breakfast? Can we have lunch? I got a problem there. you can help me out with. I'm not embarrassed to say that. Hey, listen, I, I've gone to spring, 20, uh, spring twi- uh, training for 22 years with the Yankees. I've gone to Tampa. They put you up in this beautiful hotel. Gorgeous hotel, man. Guess what? I do what I do. I don't stay in that hotel. I get in my car, I drive all the way in an hour and 15 minutes to Ocala to my brother's house. You know why? Ready? Very spiritual. The women are too fine in Tampa. Women too fine. Women too fine, man. In that lobby of that hotel, are you crazy? I can't handle that. See, I'm not embarrassed to say that. And if some of you men would would admit that you wouldn't get yourself in half of the junk you get yourself into. And my wife, and my wife, she's sitting right here. I'm not embarrassed to say it. Woman, too fine in Tampa. And and listen, I'm not a bad-looking dude. All right? I'm not a bad-looking dude, man. I got a little fine going on, too. All right? So... Listen, I'm not putting myself in that position. I'm not doing that, man. I'm not going to come back from Tampa and bring shame on my wife. I'm not bringing shame on my children. I'm not bringing shame on my grandchildren. I'm not bringing shame to my pastor friends and to the ministries I've been involved in for years and years. I'm not doing it over one night of being with some girl. Nah, ain't happening. I remember I was doing some youth work one time. I was doing youth work one time, and I went to see this, this, mo- this mother. She had these t- two twin boys. They used to play on my basketball team. And I went to do a business. I sat down, and she gave me this look. I said, "Oh, man. I said, well, I got a problem here, man. And she asked me this question. She said, would you ever fool around on your wife? So what she asked me. You know what I said to her? She was coming to the church. I was an associate pastor. I said, if some lady would try to hit on me, And she went to our church. I would wait for Sunday morning and ask the pastor to let me do the announcements. And as I was doing the announcements, I would say, hey, baby, yesterday the lady was hitting on me. There she go. Right there. No, no, not her. Her. That's what I would do. And then I let my wife take care of you. I said, let me tell you something. I'm looking, I'm looking at easy, 17 stitches. Easy. Cause she may be short, little white, little Puerto Rican woman, but you don't play with her. And you don't play with her man, right baby? You don't play with your man, right baby? Nah. Don't do that. Listen, don't be wise in your own eyes. I'm telling you what I'm telling you, cause I know you feel me. I know you feel me, man. And if you were looking for a theologian, He's coming next week. That's not me, okay? That's not me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't say, in other words, don't say, I got this. Because you don't. I'm telling you, you don't, man. I'm a chaplain in sports. The temptation is crazy. And I have trained myself to walk away from it. And I got thousands of people praying for me because I can't do it by myself, man. Sunday, I'm not in church because either I'm doing chapel or I'm speaking. But Wednesday, I'm in a prayer meeting. Guys, you can't do it by yourself. This church is open on Wednesday, Pastor. Wednesday night, you should be here. You You should be here Wednesday night. You should be here Wednesday night. Men and women. And children should be here because that's where you're gonna get your foundation from. That's what's gonna give you the tools that you need that when you walk out of these doors and all kind of crazy stuff start happening, you could deal with it. You could deal with it. You could deal with it. Coming Sunday morning and having a little worship and hearing a message ain't gonna cut it. Not gonna cut it. I run into your pastor in numerous seminars. And we go to, throughout the year I go to maybe 15, 20 seminars. I'll fly to another state to go to a seminar to hear men and women of God. So I can get it nourished. You know, Psalms 119 says, That word I have hidden in my heart so I may not sin against thee. When you come on Wednesday night, when you come on Sunday, when you're involved in ministry, you're going to get God's word and God's truth. And you're going to put it in your heart. And when that temptation comes, you're going to be able to pull that thing out, man. go bail you out. It's going to bail you out, man. But you want to get bailed out and you got nothing deposited. You got nothing deposited to, to bail, out, bail you out. Then you fall on your face. Come on to the Lord, everything's going to be all right. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. You come on to the Lord, everything's not going to be all right. Hey, listen, my legacy, I want to leave a legacy. You don't want the legacy I want my kids to have? That their dad, <laughs> he was a Jesus freak, man. He loved Jesus. He was a hallelujah. He loved the Lord. He didn't care what people thought. I don't care what people think. It makes me no level mind, man, because I'm not going back to that junk. I'm not going back to being dirty for two or three weeks without bathing. My teeth all rotten. All these teeth, they implants. I paid for them. Hallelujah! They're mine, I got the canceled check. I could show you, and a good Christian dentist that kind of did it a little pro bono. Are you trusting in the Lord with all your heart? Are you not leaning on your own understanding? In all your ways, are you acknowledging Him? Are you being wise in your own eyes? Are you saying, I got this? The minute you say, I got this, that's when you don't have it. And one more part. I'm done. Ten minutes, Pastor. Nine and ten. <clears throat> it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your bonds will be filled and overflowing, and your vents will eh, will." will brim over with new wine. Check this out. I came to the Lord, and the guy that led me to the Lord, he told me that if I came to the Lord, it was a free gift. For like two years, he was telling me, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. I came to the Lord, and then they told me I had to give 10%. I said, yo, I thought it was free. (laughs) I'm serious. See, that's the way my grid works. My man told me it was a free gift. now you hit me with 10%, I ain't down with that. I ain't down with it, man. But when I started giving God, my wife and I, we take our envelope and we ask ourselves this question. Does this represent my love for God? Does this represent where God has brought us? And it bypasses that number. We don't look at the number. In order to, you need to invest in the things of God, man. You need to find a good place, good ground to invest in God's work. And God will give it back to you a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Six years ago, my, we have three girls. We put them to college. My wife's an educator and she believed that it was our responsibility to pay for their school. I wasn't really down with that, but you know, you know, who, you know who runs the show, right? So, <coughs> so we pay for our kids' school. So six years, seven years ago, we got our first house. And one of our donors came to us and said, how come you don't own a house? I said, we can't afford it. He said, I'm going to give you $50,000 and buy a house. So I came back to him. I said, brother, would you you be willing to pay all my debt? And then I could buy a house. He said, bet. He paid $63,000 all my debt, debt free. Came back to me a year later, gave me another $50,000, and we bought a house. And I can tell you that this has happened consistently Throughout our walk. Because we're not only faithful in our walk with God, we're not only faithful in our service with God, but we're faithful in our giving to God. In our giving to God. We're faithful to that, man. I'm not here trying to twist your arm. I'm, see, I would be irresponsible to tell you all this good things about Proverbs 3 and then leave that out. When that is just as important as not, more important. That if you invest in the things of God, God will give it back to you. He'll give it back to you, man. The Lord has taken my wife and I to places I can't even tell you. And I know that part of it has been because of our faithfulness to give into the work of God. And let me tell you something. If it weren't so, I wouldn't say, this ground here, this is good ground. This is good ground. I know this brother. I know him better than you know him. I know this brother. I know him, man. I know him. I come from a very conservative background. And some 12, 13, 14 years ago I was looking for the balance of God and God used your pastor mightily to help me balance myself. He got this quiet, laid-back man with this crazy man and he helped me tremendously. This is a good man His wife is a good woman, his family. He's not a perfect guy. Don't exist. His staff, the people that serve here, this is a good church. I want to come back next year and see this place filled to the brim. I want to come back and see you have two, three servants. I want to come back and you would have knocked. What is that next door? Yeah, no, I know. Mean, I want to knock this wall down and buy that. Yeah. Why not? Now, you may say, you may say, that's crazy. That can't happen. Yeah, really? Puerto Rican dude from Brooklyn, snatching pocketbooks, snatching chains. I'm the chaplain to the Yankees. Don't tell me God can't do that. I'm going to read it one more time and I'm done. I want you to, I want you to. I I wanted to posit it in your spirit, ma'am. Proverbs 3, starting at verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruit of all your crops, then your barns will be full and overflowing, and your vents will brim over with new wine. That's God's word. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message fueled your faith. For more resources visit www.calvaryny.org. You are blessed and highly favored.